Welcome to the podcast, Cannons on the Run, a production of St. Norbert Abbey in De Pere, Wisconsin. I'm Frater Jordan. And I'm Frater Jonathan. This is one of our featured episodes where we get to interview a confrere, and today's special guest and confrere is Deacon Patrick. Welcome to the show, Deacon Patrick. Hello, thank you for having me, Frater Jordan and Frater Jonathan. Yeah. Yes. That's where we would push the audience applause button. Yeah. Do you have one of those? I can find one. I'll find one. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about yourself, Deacon Patrick. My name is Deacon Patrick Lapaz, and I am a transitional deacon with St. Norbert Abbey. I'm originally from Green Bay, Wisconsin, my home parish being St. Agnes on the west side of Green Bay. Um, I just professed solemn vows last August 28th, 2017, and was ordained a transitional deacon the next day on the 29th. And just last week in uh, Chicago, I finished up my schooling, my study of theology at CTU, Catholic Theological Union. And I'm going to be ordained a priest on uh, August 29th, 2018. Woohoo! Woo! And um, as a deacon, you served at... Yes, in Chicago this past year, I... Uh, helped out at St. Mary of the Angels Parish, which is in the Bucktown neighborhood in Chicago. Just helping out as deacon there on Sundays, a couple masses on Sundays, and their CCD program, and also did some baptisms. So it was a good experience. You helped in their CCD program? Yes, they're, uh, I would kind of fill in. You know, if a teacher didn't come, I'd fill in, or just other things they'd have me do, or I just sat in on a class. Mm-hmm. He did, he did all the tough questions. Nice. <laughs> did you get tough questions sometimes? Um, sometimes. I can't remember any at the top of my head. Because, yeah, there'd be times, especially if it was like, you know, teacher's not here. Well, I didn't plan anything or something. So right. sometimes I, I, there was stuff to go off of. Other times I was like, okay, open for questions. What do you want to know about the Catholic faith? Or... What's the meaning of life? Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Nothing quite as deep as that. <laughs> But those are always, you know, those are usually kind of fun times or when you open it up and yeah, fun and interesting. And Did they ask about Norbertine life at all? I tr- I think I tried to give them an understanding of religious life and that, yes. and you know, because I don't know if they had a full grasp of, you know, you've got Franciscans, Benedictines, Norbertines, mm-hmm. Augustinians, etc. Uh, so I didn't really go into details with Norbertines. I just mentioned, well, this is... Explaining my habit, and then belonging to St. Norbert Abbey. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Well, that actually touches perfectly on what we're going to focus on for this episode. Deacon Patrick has an experience of not just one seminary or one part of formation, but two. And so, given Deacon Patrick's experience in two different formation programs, we're here to interview and ask him about what those two formation programs were like and how they compared. One being Norbertine life and formation, where he currently is, and one being... And where he's stuck. Where he stays. Solemn vows. <laughs> Not in formation, though. Yeah, oh. that's true. That's true. <laughs> well, ongoing formation. That's right, for always. five more years. <laughs> we're always learning. For a lifetime. That's lifetime right. learners. Lifetime learners. Yes. But before being here, you had some formation elsewhere. Where was yes. that, Deacon Patrick? So I graduated from St. Norbert College in, in May of 2009. And that following fall, I uh, entered seminary for the Diocese of Green Bay. Specifically, I was a seminarian at Conception Seminary College, which is in northwest Missouri. And it's run by the Benedictine monks of Conception Abbey. So I was there for two years in the pre-theology program, which is Basically, for those who have already have a college degree and uh, just need their 
philosophy credits, studying you know the prerequisites before you can study theology at major seminary. So, yeah, there for two years studying philosophy, but also you know it wasn't just classes; it was, as you mentioned, a kind of formation program. And then uh, eventually decided that wasn't right for me, and I ended up joining the Norbertines in um, August twenty seventh, twenty twelve. For our listeners, we're going to be talking with Deacon Patrick about different parts of life while he was there and looking at how that compares to our Norbertine life now. And what we found through our dialogue in preparing for this was differences, but maybe not surprisingly, a lot of similarities as well. So when you first started there, I guess our first question is, what was community life like for you? Describe what that situation was like. Well, the the two years I was there uh, from 2009 to 2011, uh, there was roughly over a little over 100 seminarians, and these are guys from a number of different dioceses. Uh, so we were one of the, uh, those of us, there were a couple of us from Green Bay. We were one of the furthest away dioceses that sent there. But, you know, so you mainly had guys from Missouri, Iowa, Kansas, um, Nebraska, Texas, Oklahoma. And so yeah, this group of guys, and, and most of them that were college seminarians in the sense of, you know, they got, came uh, either right out of high school or they transferred from a different college and, you know, working toward their undergrad degree. But, you know, it, in a way it was like college because you had dorms. You know, definitely the main focus, I think, was uh, academics, classes together, and oftentimes you'd have classes with a lot of the same guys because they were the same level. But um, mm-hmm. as far as other aspects of community life, uh, you know, the weekends were, were more free. They weren't really necessarily scheduled, like, during the week. You know, so you, there, there were times to, you know, hang out with friends or guys you hung out with. Uh, every Friday night, there was, you, uh, they had uh, what they called gariamos, which was um, kind of a recreation period uh, in the social hall for seminarians with pool tables and, and that. And, the, you know, they, uh, so that was kind of a way I think they tried to encourage that community life of spending time with other guys. And it wasn't really like college in the normal sense. You know, the three of us, we, you know, I don't want to say normal as if this wasn't normal, but, you know, we went to college. And and so this was similar to that, but yet quite different because, you know, you had our four majors were called chaplains. uh, And so, you know, that aspect of formation too, that, you know, you weren't necessarily free to do whatever you wanted. What I found is kind of neat about you talking about community life being with a hundred different seminarians. It kind of reminded me of my CPE experience where I stayed in a rectory with two diocesan priests. And they knew my parish priests from the Diocese of Superior, even though they were in the Archdiocese of St. Paul in Minneapolis because they all went to school together. I think uh, you've developed friendships from your experience at Conception Seminary. Yeah, definitely. You do form friendships and ones that last. So yeah, one of my good friends is a priest in Iowa, Father Andrew Gallus, the Diocese of Sioux City. And I went to his ordination last summer, which was very nice. And yeah, it's nice to have those contacts, uh, nice to have maintain those friendships that you formed from other dioceses around the country in that. And that is kind of different... It's a wonderful thing, but that also changes. Unlike us, in that we have to live together 24-7, where maybe one morning you wake up and go, oh, 
I really do not want to see Frater Jordan today. <laughs> never Jordan. That, I never think that. <laughs> Lies. <laughs> He's nasty. <laughs> <laughs> like this, uh, I could see definitely a challenge in that transition period that maintaining these friendships are great, but you have to be a little bit more intentional with that, unlike living in Norbertine life. Yeah, I think, well, I think in seminary, since you're not going to be, you know, best friends with a hundred guys, you know, but to go back, I would say too, though, for Norbertines, you know, studying a Catholic theological union, there's also that experience of getting to know other religious. And in this case, Jordan, I know you got to know some Franciscans, OFM Franciscans, uh, and I've gotten to know some other religious seminarians as well, and and hopefully those friendships will last or you know, will stay in contact. So, mm-hmm. building off of what you said, Deacon Patrick, of getting to know other religious communities at Catholic Theological Union, I've also found out that we have some slight differences in that each of the religious communities has a day order or a time for prayer, time for meals, you know, try to, trying to keep the peace. And probably a, a big difference might be comparing uh, formation for the diocese and formation here with the Norbertines. I, in our conversation earlier, uh, talking about how the liturgy of the hours is celebrated. So what did the liturgy, I guess, look like? What were similarities or differences? Sure. So seminarians, at uh, conception, we had our own chapel. And uh, and so Monday through Friday, we would um, pray. In the mornings, we'd have office of readings and morning prayer. Uh, and then uh, in the evening, evening prayer, vespers. And those were set times. Um, and then daily mass as well every day, but that was uh, changed depending on the day. Uh, but as far as you know, the divine office or the liturgy of the hours, for the most part, it was recited though maybe on more uh, feasts or uh, occasions like those, we might chant some of the parts of the office. But otherwise, mainly recited, except when, like on solemnities, holy days of obligation, we would join the monks in the Abbey Basilica. We'd join them uh, for first Vespers and also second Vespers, and, and they chant the office, and so that would be a time of chanting the office. Whereas yeah, here at, at St. Albert Abbey and even in Chicago, you know, we sing the office, morning prayer and evening prayer. So that was probably a big difference between the two. I feel like that's a unique part of your experience. And tell me if I'm wrong, but, you know, if you go to a place like Mundelein, Mundelein doesn't have an abbey community or anything. Correct. That you're joining every so often, right? So that was a unique part of what yeah. your seminary experience was, is that you were seeing Benedictine monks and praying with them in community. Mm-hmm. Normally, I think, was it Monday, Wednesday, Fridays for daily Mass, we would mm-hmm. join the monks in the Basilica, and then also on, on Sundays, for, obviously, and occasionally for Vespers or, or other prayer times. But yeah, definitely that was, I think, a unique experience among diocesan seminaries. And like you said, St. Meinrad's one, I think Mount Angel in Oregon is also run by Benedictines. But then, yeah, you have ones in Mondeline or in uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul, you've got St. John Vianney, mm-hmm. uh, which are not run by religious communities. And so, yeah, definitely different different flavors, different uh, ways of doing things, even among diocesan seminaries. Mm. 
that still really fascinates me, especially hearing you talk about it more now, being at a seminary and joining this religious community every so often. I feel that's a pretty unique experience because you got to see or you got to live an experience of kind of both ideas. You're connected to a diocese at the time, formation to become a, a diocesan priest, but at the same time joining a religious community. Was that formative at all in your vocation and your discernment? Was that How did that come into that all? I don't know, observing or, you know, being at conception with the monks there, I think that might have played maybe a little of a role or uh, influence on me. I think I think the biggest thing, though, was in seminary, just kind of for me, when I entered seminary, I kind of had this thought of, yeah, you know, I, I want to be a parish priest and I'm okay living by myself in a rectory. And, you know, to me, that was, I didn't think it would be a problem. Well, you know, going to seminary 10 hours away from Green Bay and, you know, being away from friends and family really for the first time because St. Norbert College, you know, my family and that is friends are in the area. Uh, for me, that was kind of a, a, was kind of a time of growth time of, you know, and just kind of realizing like, yeah, maybe living by myself in a rectory wouldn't be the best thing for me. Just, you know, just, yeah, I think not to say that it's, you know, I think some guys, you know, it's, they're fine with that and they're able to do well in those situations. But I kind of was like, eh. So by the end of those two years, I was kind of like, yeah, I don't see myself living in a rectory by myself, which is unfortunately with the way things are right now with the decline and, and, and mm-hmm. priests, you know, it's kind of a fact of das and priesthood of eventually being on your own in a mm-hmm. parish or ministering to multiple parishes. So, so yeah, I think that in that sense, it did influence me to kind of then look for community life. And obviously being from Green Bay, going to Notre Dame Academy and, and St. Norbert College, I was familiar with the Norbertines and Father Matthew Doherty, who was ordained a couple of years ago for St. Norbert Abbey. You know, we were became good friends at the end of college, and he had joined the Norbertines when I joined the diocese, and so he was kind of a connection that allowed me to kind of get to know the Norbertines more, even during when I was a seminarian for the diocese, visiting him and joining um, him and the Norbertines for prayer. So, uh, hmm. yeah, I think all those kind of things during those couple of years kind of led to me then pursuing Norbertine, Norbertine life. Nice. Wow. Yeah. That's really cool, and I, I like that at the beginning of this podcast, when you were telling us about your experience at Conception Seminary College, that in both lives we're talking about here, both vocational calls, there is a discussion of community. It's just a matter of what that community looks like. So you had a a certain type of community and friendships you talked about at the college there. Um, But then if I'm hearing right, it sounds like, you know, you wrote that discernment was figuring out how you feel called to community life and how is that lived out in your life? So, you know, the way that Norbertine, would that be fair to say? Yeah, I think that's a good, definitely, I think that's a good way of putting it. Because I remember at least the mistake I made in thinking about it, you know, myself is, you know, religious life versus diocesan priesthood was I had to remind myself not to fall into this trap of thinking it's either live with lots of people in, a, you know, a large abbey or like solitary life. And, you know, there are some factual differences in that way between mm-hmm. the two. But I think, yeah, just remembering that a vocational call is all about how we feel called by God to live out community, to be yeah. with God's people and whatever it is. So I, to be honest, this episode is really fascinating for me, too, just to hear what some of those details were for you amidst that journey, because I think that's what we all struggle with in our vocation. I remember struggling with it even when I was teaching is, okay, I like teaching music, but I was teaching third through 12th graders. So, you know, do I only want to teach just high school? I thought I did when I started versus middle and high school or just choir. I play, you know, so I think anyone's vocation and then especially in religious life, there's such variety and that's, 
like you've been sharing with us so graciously, that's such an important part of the journey, I feel, is being able and willing to recognize there are so many facets to a specific call you might be feeling from God and to be willing to journey through that. Yeah, and I think um, I think you right, hit it right in the head as far as I think it's wrong when we kind of say, oh, well, you, you have to be a loner to be a, a Madison <laughs> priest and to live by yourself. <laughs> but there are, like you said, factual differences as far as in the sense of as a Norbertine, at the end of the day, when you finish ministry or you know, come back, you have a house of guys you're coming back to, an abbey that you can process things with or who you can you know, uh, look to for support. Uh, where a parish priest living in a rectory by himself doesn't have that. But you know, to say that parish priest doesn't have any kind of community life wouldn't necessarily be wrong. It's different, though. It's, it's uh, more so connected with their parish. Um, and I guess they have to be more intentional with finding their support and, and finding where their close-knit community is and, and keep it in contact with other people that aren't right there but who they can look to for support. Let's be honest. Community life isn't always sunshine and rainbows. No. So there are times when it's great to live with an abbey full of confreres, <laughs> and there are some days or minutes, maybe even where you just think, "Do uh, I have to go back?" <laughs> <laughs> Which is all how God calls us all to live in community and grow. It's good. Cut yeah. this part. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's good. I like it. It's honest. <laughs> You're gonna say something before I think. Oh, well, I was just gonna say that. That was wonderful in how you both kind of described that. In hearing you talk, uh, Deacon Patrick, it was like thinking of vocation, of being called a particular way, that it's not one over the other. Well, it is, but it's also who is God calling me to be and this whole process of self-discovery that it's taken. I thought it was great seeing how God continued to work in your life Mm -hmm. from entering the diocese to now being ordained a priest in the Norbertine community of St. Norbert Abbey. Mm -hmm. I think the only other thing I would mention is that comparing diocesan seminary versus formation with the Norbertines, I think there's a difference in emphasis, which is kind of makes sense as we're in seminary, you know, the focus is on priesthood. You know, they're preparing you, forming you to be ordained a priest and to serve in your diocese. And definitely that is an aspect at St. Norbert Abbey with formation, most of our men go on to be ordained priests, but, you know, there's that focus on nor- being Norbertine, being a, a religious, uh, male religious. And so it's not just priesthood, but also there that other aspect of being a Norbertine religious. And, and, and then there's the difficult task of how do you merge those two together, being a priest and being a professed Norbertine. How do those fit together? And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, seriously, we had a whole day conference at CTU, or it was a couple of days, that was talking about that is the priesthood in religious life, which really opened my eyes to this tension. I didn't really even think it makes a lot of sense. There's really two lives that you're looking at and trying to balance them. It's a great point. Well, we'd like to thank Deacon Patrick for uh, joining us on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. Absolutely. We'd love to have your feedback. Deacon Patrick would love your feedback to know if he should start his own show, his own <laughs> podcast. Or I, predict, I predict people will be wanting me to be, be a regular. <laughs> <laughs> but in all sincerity, uh, thank you for discussing your vocational path and looking at how that's evolved. If you want to find out more about the podcast, go to www.noroutines.org. Click on the podcast tab to find out more. Click on contact the podcast team. Let us know what you think. Also, you can find us on iTunes. Search Cannons on the Run. Subscribe. Write a review. And as we continue to journey, 
in one mind and one heart on our way to God. May you continue to keep us in prayer as we keep you in prayer. And for those discerning uh, vocation, um, hopefully you'll find a little bit of uh, Deacon Patrick's story informative, and uh, we'll keep you in prayer. St. Norbert, pray, pray for, for us. us.